Welcome to You Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are here each Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on 99.1 FM KGX and 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KWXY. We also invite you to download and subscribe to our podcast. It is really easy. All you have to do is go to iTunes, look for You Learn Something New, press subscribe. You will get a new show each week. This show, of course, is produced by my stellar team of dedicated student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy at Cathedral City High School, of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Brianna Meza, Emily Martin, and Finn Weplow. Thank you, thank you. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome our Director of Elementary Curriculum and Instruction, Jessica Whiteman. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Joan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you've been with us for a while, but this is the first time we've had the pleasure of having you as a guest. So I'm really glad for you to be here. And for those who don't know you, you're new to your position, but how long have you been with the district and in what capacity? So I am starting my 21st year with Palm Springs Unified. Um, I started back in 2001 um, at a college recruitment fair, actually with um, Dr. Signore was there and Dr. Borba um, recruited me out here and I moved out to California and became a teacher. I taught at Cathedral City Elementary and Sierra Vista Charter. Then I transitioned to an assistant principal um, out at Two Bunch Palms Elementary and I was there for three years. And then I spent 12 years as the principal um, of Cathedral City Elementary School. I went back to where I was um, originally started my teaching career. How cool. And it's funny because I, I ran into Dr. Borba. For those of you who don't know who he is, he's retired. He was the um, of uh, pupil personnel, it was called in those days. It's actually student support services. And, um, and we were talking about you and your new post. And he was so proud to say, yes, I recruited her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, very, very cool, and um, you've had a great tenure with us so far, and I know that this new post, which it's only been a couple of months, so you're brand new, I know you're going to be phenomenal. Everybody respects you, and um, you've done a great job as principal, and to be at a school for 12 years and only hear great things all around is is certainly a feather in your cap. So we're very happy to have you as our new Director of Elementary Curriculum and Instruction. So um, give us a description of what your role is. So first of all, thank you. Um, my new role, so I'm moving from the school site to the district level. And um, in this position, I'm really supporting all of the elementary schools. So my former colleagues, I will be um, supporting them with, you know, in the title it's curriculum and instruction, but it seems to be even more than that, but making sure that they're supported. Um, we do, you know, running curriculum adoptions when it's a year for new material, planning and implementing professional development to make sure all of our, our teachers are supported, 
in their instructional knowledge and strategies and then supporting school sites with that implementation. So just that um, instruction, that everyday instruction that's happening um, in all of our elementary school classrooms. And it's a, it's a big job. We have 16 elementary schools and um, that's, a, that's a lot to, to take on. <laughs> what made you decide that you wanted to do this position? It is a lot, but you know, I've always, I think when you go into education, you, you enjoy supporting others and helping people, right? And it just changes as you um, go from a teacher into an administration, you know, the, the support changes into um, supporting the adults more so, which in turn reflects with their ability to support students. So with this job, um, I knew that I would have an opportunity to work differently with my colleagues. And I was very excited to work in educational services with um, the team that I have here. So, yeah. And so uh, Dr. Kovach, who, uh, what, she had the position right before you, and now she is the assistant superintendent of educational services. So I'm sure that that's helpful for you to have the person or two just came out of that job. Exactly. And even before she was at the, the district level, uh, we were colleagues as principals when she was a principal at, at Della Lindley. And so um, geographically, our schools were, were closer. And then her and I collaborated a lot. Um, at the beginning, we were both sole principals of our school without assistant principals. So we relied on each other and supported each other a lot. So I had a, a great working relationship with her. And then she transitioned into that director position and um, was a great support to me. So as we both moved forward, I was excited to still be able to work closely with her. Yeah, so, so that's great. I mean, we really have a great educational services team and you know it's been it's been a transition the last few months with uh, Dr. Sweezy moving into the superintendent's post and then everybody kind of moving up and it's nice uh, we've been able to promote from within um, and have you know people in-house who are highly qualified and capable to move into these positions it's really, it's, it's really been great to have the people in their seats and then being able to promote from within. I think it's really comforting to the staff and, um, and reassuring and especially in the times we're in right now. And to have the people in the, in the seats and just be able to move up and not have to um, bring in people from the outside in a lot of cases, I think it's been really comforting and reassuring to all of our principals. Um, how do you feel about that? I agree um, for two reasons. One is we don't have to take that time to get to know people, build a re relationships, um, learn the district and the systems. We're all very familiar with that already. And um, the second reason I think is specifically in in my position is that I was just in their shoes, you know, the principal. So I understand where how this past year has been for them, the challenges that they're facing, um, 
the things that have been successful. So I feel that I'm um, better able to have a voice for them and in meeting their their needs. That makes that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Is it kind of weird to go from being their colleague to being their supervisor? It it is in a way, but I, I've done this transition before. Like I, I mentioned in the beginning, I start I started as a teacher at Cathedral City Elementary. And although I had a couple transitions um, before I became a principal, um, I did return to that site as the principal with a majority of the same staff that had been my colleagues. So um, it has its pros and its cons, you know, it's definitely, um, it can play in your favor in some ways, but then you have to um, make some adjustments as well. Right. Well, I, I have no doubt that you're going to be extremely successful in your new position. Um, and are you going to miss the kids? That's, that's been the hardest part is, um, I think with, with each promotional opportunity, um, the distance between, um, you and the, the students expands, although your work greatly impacts the students, you don't get to, um, interact and have those daily interactions, um, like you used to. And so I've noticed that as I've gone out to um, visit school sites is I, I do miss that energy that's on a school campus that the students bring. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so what are your goals for this school year in your new post? So first and foremost, I want to make sure that sites feel supported. Um, this is a, a unique and unprecedented challenging time for everyone. Um, we're definitely navigating uncharted waters. So um, there's a lot of new and there's things that we can't predict, you know, that we're trying to um, support them as best as we can as situations arise. So that's first and foremost is um, making sure that we have clear communication with sites and um, we're supporting them in whatever way we can to make this a safe and um, successful year for everyone. Makes sense. And so speaking of that, um, what, what do you feel are the, the biggest challenges right now for our principals and our teachers and our students? I think that we're all attempting to get back to normal but it's, it's not normal yet. So right. of course the beginning of the year always has its, um, there's excitement always at the beginning of the year and kids haven't been on campus in some cases um, for a year and a half approximately. So that brings um, another set of, of challenges. But I think that um, one, they're looking at meeting, um, transitioning students back on campus meeting their um, social emotional needs, of course. And then we're, we're here to educate and focus on um, instruction and making sure that our students are successful. But safety trumps all of that right now. And we're, we're being challenged in um, ways that we never have before and how we're keeping students safe. So um, those are some of the things that schools are facing as they, they start this new year. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and speaking of that, so here we are, um, still, you know, we had hoped that everything would be back to normal at this point. 
And of course, we're not there yet. Thankfully, we have our kids back on campus and that's the biggest thing, but we still have to um, make sure that we're keeping them as safe as possible. Everybody's wearing masks. We're trying to social distance as much as we can. Um, we, we're limiting some, you know, larger group gatherings. And then of course, we're having to deal with uh, positive cases and that impacts everybody because uh, we have to make sure that if uh, uh, not only the, the staff member or the child who's tested positive, but those have been who have been exposed, that we maintain their, um, their education. So they may be out for 10 days. So I, you know, I know that this has been one of the biggest things that you've been dealing with that you wouldn't have to deal with in a typical year. Correct. Um, so what happens when, and, and plus, you know, then we have the whole other area of parents who are not comfortable sending their kids back yet. So we're, we're certainly um, understanding of that. And we put together an independent study program for that purpose. But what about, what do you do for a student who has to be excluded or, um, quarantine for 10 days because they might have had a direct exposure. How do you um, provide their, you know, make sure that they're kept up to speed? So that's something that has, um, we've been working on. It's, it's ongoing, but we want to make sure, of course, you know, students are on a health exclusion and in that case, but we, we want to make sure that they're not missing out on the opportunity for their education. So school sites are um, providing work for them um, and that educational opportunity to the that they are they are able to complete um, work while they are at home before they are cleared to come back so that it's not um, purely 10 days of, of no academics. So in right. some cases, students do have devices and um, at home that they're able to do some work online. And in other cases, if their device is not at home, we do have um, paper copies of work. So we can try to accommodate both situations. And then I would assume that when they come back, if they're if there's been a little bit of a lag, then we make sure that they get the support that they need to catch up. Of course, we do um, have um, interventions and supports and teachers are aware that this year is going to be unique. All right. So Jessica, speaking of COVID, talk to us about what it was like being a principal last year and the year before during the shutdown. What were some of the challenges that you and your staff faced? I think it, it definitely required all of us to think outside the box. Um, we were all on a learning curve, not just um, myself and the staff, but I think students and, and parents as well. Um, I, was, I found myself always asking the question, um, how do you bring people together when they're apart? Because culture is such a, a big part of the school and having that environment um, established in order for students to learn and be successful and want to come to school. So really it kind of just goes back to that question all the time, how do you bring people together and um, during a very stressful time when we're all apart? So 
there, there certainly was a lot that was awful. And we'll be working with our students for a long time to help them through these effects. But there were also a lot of silver linings that kind of all brought us um, ways we can, we, the things we can use to move us forward. What, what, what were some of those silver linings for you and your staff that you found you'd be able to carry forward? I completely uh, agree with you, Joan, and I tried to focus on that. I actually used the same phrase that you did, the silver linings. Um, spoke about that often with the staff, and um, one was the, the creativity that came out of this, and like I mentioned earlier, making us think outside the box in ways that we deliver instruction and reach students and families. Um, that encompassed technology use and integration. I think we all grew in our ability to utilize technology from everyone in um, the office staff to teachers to students to parents at home um, there was a, a huge learning curve there and then um, i'd say finally partnerships and appreciation for one another i think that the communication between home and school grew stronger. And I often heard parents mentioning calling in, saying how much more they appreciate what, what teachers are doing and vice versa as well. Teachers having a greater appreciation um, for the challenges of, of being a parent and working and um, trying to maintain everything during through this pandemic. So I think it brought people closer together in that regard. Right, and regarding the technology, I mean, did you find that uh, parents were a lot more um, eager to, to learn the technology and to take advantage of like, you know, texting and email versus what they did before? Definitely. Um, at the school side I was at, we all implemented um, Class Dojo, so it made it easier for, I think, and more convenient for parents to, to communicate. So once you get it established and, and parents realize how convenient it is, um, I think we saw greater use. Um, another example I can think of is attendance at meetings made it more accessible for parents, especially if they're working or if transportation was an issue or childcare, they were able to zoom into meetings, um, possibly virtual awards assemblies, things like that, that maybe they would not have been able to attend if they were in person. So do you think a lot of the, a lot of the sites will um, continue to do that? Yes, that's something that we've been talking about is um, being able, you know, there's always a benefit to in-person, but right. I think we also saw those benefits to reach more people when you're able to offer a virtual accommodation. And so um, those have been conversations that we've been having when we're able to provide both. Um, it really um, will, will broaden the opportunities for participation. Well, you know, and I've, I've joked around, but it's really no joke that like, you know, on the East Coast, those of us who came from there um, know that you know, as kids, we sat by the radio waiting to hear our school district called when there was a snowstorm. Yes. For, uh, the cancellation of school. And I doubt that they'll ever have another snow day again. 
because now you can just, you know, send down alert to everyone and say, we're working from home today. <laughs> right, right. It's and, definitely changed society. And so though we don't have, uh, thankfully, you know, if you have to be grateful for living here when it's 120, you can be grateful for the fact that we don't typically get weather-related closures. Um, it, we may have to close for other reasons. Um, we've had to shut down classrooms already due to exposures to COVID when, um, when it's more than a few kids um, and or the teacher, then we're just able to, though it, it's not something we particularly like to do because you certainly don't have um, the engagement that you have in person, but you're still able to salvage the day or even the 10 days if it has to be that long due to a to an exposure you're able to salvage that through you know just going online because we know how to do it now right um, many teachers have google classrooms or seesaw accounts set up so students still have access to work virtually as well so that's great for you know we started talking about this a little bit earlier um, that if by chance uh, either test positive or is exposed to someone who tests positive and, and needs to uh, quarantine for 10 days, um, you don't have to miss out on the, on the learning. You might not physically be in class, but you still have access to the same materials that the kids who are in class have. Yes, we're encouraging you know parents to reach out to the school site and through the teachers to um, to obtain the the work and the assignments. Like I said, whether it's through that the virtual learning platform, and we still are able to accommodate with. Um, in some situations, there may be still paper packets that we're still able to get out. But but either way, we want to make sure that students aren't missing out. Right, and just as we said earlier, rest assured that if you're if your child has missed any class due to this craziness here, uh, that will make sure that they uh, are brought up to speed and don't get behind. So, you know, and, and hopefully in a couple of months, you know, this will be a bad memory, this part of it, and we'll be able to just move forward and not have to worry about this. But of course, none of us know how long it's gonna go on. and. We're doing everything we can as a district from our Board of Education down to our site staff people to keep everybody safe. And, you know, sometimes that means we have to change things up a little bit in the interest of, uh, you know, listening to our, our health officials who tell us what we need to do. So we're doing it. And, you know, we're just doing the best we can, right? I agree. I agree. We're all in this so, together. Exactly. And so, you know, for you in this, <laughs> I mean, you'd have a little bit of a learning curve anyway, being in a new position and, you know, all of a sudden your colleagues are, are now you're um, supervising them. Uh, but in the situation we're in, you're dealing with a whole bunch of things that typically the person in your position didn't have to think about. So I'm, I'm glad you're in the seat that you're in because um, I know that you're handling it very well. And hopefully, 
you don't go home and kick your husband or, or your kids that you're, uh, <laughs> you're that you're as sweet and kind as you are in the office because that part of that part of it I see I never see what happens when people go home and sometimes oh. I wonder Oh, John, I, I owe my husband big because that was, I got, like you mentioned, I have, um, I have three children and two are school age. So he got to be the distance learning dad through this past year, year and a half. So um, while I was at work supporting, you know, other teachers and families, he was supporting our kids getting, you know, the online learning and the, the crazy schedules and all of those kinds of things done. So um I give him credit, but it also gave me perspective, that parent perspective also, that was very helpful as we navigated through this. Right. And so, you know, sometimes we, you know, we're in a, we're in a different role. And, you know, of course you having such young kids, you're, you're in both roles. So you can better appreciate it than, than some of us who are in the district office and don't have young kids. You, you, you tend to forget that the parents at home, are you know they're they're having to partially take on the role of educators now because their kids weren't in school you know thankfully they're back now but during that time it was you know so much of a challenge uh in addition to just the technology glitches that happen every once in a while they had to make sure that their kids were you know engaged and keeping up with the work and you know, far more than they had to do before. And of course, the best parents are the involved parents at all times. But during during all of this, they, like you said earlier, I think parents have had, most parents have had a better appreciation and a, a bigger appreciation for their kids' teachers because they, they got a big taste of it. <laughs> yes. When, when we first started hybrid, there were many big smiles by parents when they dropped their kids off that day. <laughs> you could yeah. see a sense of relief. <laughs> and, you, and, you know, looking back on, on last spring when we, it was only about six weeks, but we were able to, to bring some kids back for uh, at least two mornings a week, which is better than nothing. And what was so cool was to see the kindergartners um, just run to the gate and of after they washed their hands of course um and didn't even look back at mom with any tears at all they were just no. so excited to say you're the person i've seen on zoom this whole time and just yes. to see their teachers in person and their friends who they were actually meeting in person for the first time and it was it was really great and you know it reminds you that especially for these little ones, I mean, they just, they missed out on, you know, their whole year of kindergarten. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's sad. I mean, thankfully, you know, they've certainly learned a lot. These kids are going to be that much further ahead than the kids before them in terms of what they know about technology and that kind of world, because they had to start so young, right? <laughs> I... I agree. As I'm, my daughter was in TK and my son was in first grade and he knew how to split his screen and, you know, use text <laughs> speech and, you know, he was teaching my husband along the way. So <laughs> they, yeah. they, they pick up quickly. So what advice do you have for parents who are still struggling with all this? Like what, what, what should they do to like keep the family healthy and happy? 
Oh, that's a great question. I mean, as a parent, we always hear self-care is important, right? For all of us. Um, so to be your very best, you need to make sure you're, you're taking care of yourself. I think in regards to, um, supporting your child, I think having that communication with your school. So if, if the teacher sets up through class dojo or they're using some other, um, parent square, whatever the means is just the communication is key. I, people can understand everyone's doing the best they can, but I think that's the best way to support your child is to make sure that you're in the loop and, and communicating with the teacher. That's excellent advice. I, I, I would, I would have picked the same thing being the communicator in the district. I would, uh, we're all communicators, but that's my main role. So I would definitely, definitely agree with you. Yeah. And finally, um, you're not going to, you, retirement's not even on the horizon for you because <laughs> you're so young, but let's say 20, 25 years from now, when you're, when you want to look back, um, what kind of legacy would you have liked to have left here in Palm Springs Unified? Because you've pretty much spent your whole career here and I hope you stay and never leave. Thanks. I, I have spent my whole career here and I reflected on this as, you know, as I mentioned, I was at Cathedral City Elementary for 12 years and I was kind of posed the, the same question and I, I feel like the answer still applies. Um, when, when I was leaving, I think I was sharing with my husband some of the best compliments that I received were from people telling me, thank you for making me a better teacher or for um, helping me support students. Um, working with me. And I think that ultimately, even in this position, as I left, if, if I can be a support to someone and help them um, be a better teacher, be a better counselor, whatever, whatever role that they're in, and they feel supported by me, that directly impacts students. And, and that's what we're here for. We're all here for student success. And so that would really be, um, my goal and aspiration as a, as a leader. And, you know, they also say that you want to establish and create, build capacity so that when you're gone, things can still operate. Um, because I mean, at some point we're all replaceable, right? So you want to bring things that are, are strong and positive. And as I mentioned, you've created that capacity to keep things running um, even, even after you. Absolutely. And Jessica, we're so happy to have you as part of the team. You're going to be fabulous in your new job. Thank you for being here. We'll have you back in the spring for an update. All right. Thank you, Joan. I really enjoyed it. Our show airs each Sunday right here on KWXY and KGX. Our podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thanks for listening. Thanks again, Jessica. Thanks, Brianna, Emily, and Finn, and we'll see you next week.